Welcome to the X-Men Task Podcast. My name is Sonia Rappaport. My name is Willie Simpson. And today, Willie Simpson, we're talking about X-Men The Dark Phoenix, which we just got home from seeing in the movie theater. And um, we'll return to our regularly scheduled Spider-Man <laughs> years programming next week. But for this week, uh, here's our bonus episode. Hopefully and, it's fun. And you know what? I think it, I think it is going to be fun. I had fun watching this movie. Uh, that might be, uh, you know, the, I, I had very low expectations going into this thing. Yeah, personally. that always helps. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm kind of pleasantly surprised here. And I'm curious to see what everyone in our Facebook group and all our fans and the whole wider internet has to say in general about this film. I haven't watched any review films, uh, videos yet or read any, uh, you know, movie criticisms online. I've, I've been trying to avoid them. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I don't know. I kind of walked out of this movie liking what I saw. And so, but before we really get into it, let's establish a couple things. One, we're going to spoil it. Right. So if you haven't seen it and you you want to be surprised, um, just, you know, download after. Or, uh, Listen after. Right. You've you see, seen it. Right. And, um, and the second thing I would say is uh, we didn't, you know, we just, it's, it's our, it's another fresh take podcast. So we've just walked out of the movie theater. We haven't fully digested everything. We didn't we take might notes. Take back everything we say <laughs> yeah. next week when we record. <laughs> we've been known Let's to see. do that on occasion. <laughs> I mean, I just I, and it's an interesting phenomenon. Phenomenon. I don't think it's. I think it's. It's just something I've noticed in general about movie appreciation. It's definitely a different reaction you get when you first see a movie versus when you've seen it a few times. You know, versus when like time passes by and like circumstances and people's lives change and the world changes. It, that's how opinions can change and get colored over time. And that's not a cop-out to say, like, to have, like, your cake and eat it, too. It's just a reality that you see something and you react to it, and, and that's all you can do in the moment. So right now, in this moment, my gut is telling me I like this movie. <laughs> and my future self is is probably waving a finger at me somewhere. <laughs> but all I could say to him is shrug my shoulders and say, hey, I... I kind of got my money's worth, and I'm I'm pretty surprised. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, a- another thing to say that uh, this is not a comic accurate movie as we all suspected. Yeah, don't expect the storyline of the Phoenix or Dark Phoenix stories that you know and love. It's a fully like updated adaptation. I was gonna use the word original, but there's nothing original about these Marvel movies in general. They're, yeah. they're all kind of like rehashed five times, and especially the X Men Phoenix story. But you're not going to see the Star Jammers. You're not going to see our, our pals Chode and uh, Cosair. You're not going to see Deken and the Emkron Crystal. There's going to be no Phoenix costume, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I knew wasn't going to come on some level. But I was ho- holding out hope somehow in the very last minutes of this movie that she would trans, like that costume would appear in her in some form. Mm. It does not. No, they give her a weird long trench coat yeah. the entire movie. <laughs> Two different ones. Yeah. So her her fashion, Sophie Turner's fashion, somehow still stuck in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. where the X-Men cinematic universe was born. Um, you're not going to get, like, the Shi'ar Empire is not in this. Jessica Chastain is not Lalandra. She's not Lady Deathbird. They're not the Shi'ar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's not from the comics. It's, and I, and I was going to say, it's connected to the other X-Men movies, but not really. There's no mention of the fact that Jean Grey turned into the Phoenix Bird at the end of Apocalypse. Right. And that's how she killed Apocalypse. There's, no one, like, alludes to that. Right. 
maybe in a deleted scene. You know, I feel like this movie was really like edited and cut down. And we know there's famously there's many reshoots and they redid the special effects. And then uh, their stories came out recently that they had like refilmed the entire ending because it was too much like Captain Marvel, mm. and, <laughs> which I can see that with the color palette of Jean Grey's powers in this movie, the yeah. sort of red, the orange and blue or whatever. Right. Similar, but to also the way the special effects look in general. Yeah. Uh, but I think some of that editing down was in the service of the movie. Yeah. Ultimately. I thought the beginning of the movie was really entertaining. It moved at a good clip. It was concise, but it actually developed characters well. Yeah. The opening scene with Gina's little girl in the car with her parents. And right. then, you know, as they move into, like, her relationship with Professor X and her coming to the X Mansion and everything, like, I thought that was a good opening. I thought the movie only slowed down twice when... Uh, she they go to Genosha, which they don't call it Genosha. Right. They go to Magneto's Island. Mm-hmm. I thought those scenes were a little labored. And when uh, there's just a few Sophie Turner scenes where, like, she meets confronts her dad, who's still alive after being presumed dead. I thought that slowed down. I thought that was lame. It reminded me too much of the earlier X Men movies. Mm. There's like too much iconography from those films. And then another scene with Sophie Turner. And Jessica Chastain, I can't specifically remember what, but really there's like only like two or three moments in the movie where I thought it slowed. But for the most part, I thought the movie, the movie was very kinetic and the soundtrack really swirled beautifully, I thought, with the cinematography and the camera movement. Mm-hmm. I, and the I thought the this is, for me, this is the best action in any standard X-Men movie we've ever seen. Hmm. The way the team fights... And the the way the camera follows the characters around with their powers punctuating sort of camera movement and editing points and jump points and things mm-hmm. like that. There's many moments where they use Cyclops's power as a great editing cue or or as an excuse to cross cut into a more interesting dynamic scene. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of riveted by all that and Storm's power as well and yeah, Nightcrawler. Yeah, great. Yeah, I know, and that's not I like the... that blue smoke thing too. But also the scene where Storm finally uses the lightning to his full effect, like constantly, it's which awesome. is great. I mean, yeah, the more she used her powers, the better. And that's not to say Storm's a great character in the character in the movie, and neither is Nightcrawler. They're they're kind of just there using their powers. They're not. But Nightcrawler has gotten character development in previous movies. Storm really never got her due in this run. Of no, movies. it's a shame. I really like Alexandra Ship. I know she yeah, has. A, she's had a lot of controversy with this character. She's received a lot of criticism online for like lots of crazy stuff I don't care to really get into but the point is like many other X-Men movies of the past that were good they hinted characterization that you just wish they would flesh out more like there's a moment where Cyclops and Jean hint at their co-leadership responsibilities and Cyclops and Storm yeah oh what did I say Jean yeah Cyclops and Storm they hinted the fact that they're co-leaders of the team and that they need each other and that was awesome but it's only one brief moment you know what I mean like it's actually it's not hinted at co-leadership it's hinted as Cyclops is the leader right and Storm's like I got your back yeah, but to me, I personally, I just read that as, like, Storm's know, yeah. also the leader, and Cyclops recognizes that he, Storm's uh, as good as him, and, you know, they yeah. equally they bring stuff to the table. Um, you have to know the backstory to catch all that, I think. Right, but, but, the, but then again, Storm has very little character, very little to do in this movie outside of look awesome, which to me is a bonus for Storm, because, yeah. I, I don't know, I, I thought this movie made, uh, you know, for everyone... Not excited about the X Men joining the MCU. 
or, or just down on the X-Men in general. I thought this movie made a statement with the, the power these characters show. Because the X-Men have exciting powers, and they look cool, and they look great using them. And to me, it's just like a preview of what, what may come in several years when Marvel really gets control back. There's so much potential there for so the X-Men to be awesome. What do you think about the tone of the movie? Because the MCU is famously jokey, and this movie was very serious. Oh, loved it. I, I, that was one of the best... You liked very, the return to a serious tone. It was a moody tone. It was, it, it was like a weird European vibe to it. I, I don't even know. That might not be the right word. It had like a melodrama. It had a very like heavy sad 1950s melodrama with that score perpetually in the background swirling and and like just like um really like grinding the mood you know this like perpetually sad propulsive uh emotion in the in the background uh-huh. and like there would be these nice quiet moments between characters uh some genuine affection i you know i enjoyed the the scott jean romance at the beginning uh, I was very surprised by it. I, I don't know. What, what do you think of that aspect of Scott and Jean's love in this movie? Yeah, I thought that was well played. I, what's um, the Cyclops actor's name again? Ty Sheridan. Yeah, I think he's really come into this role. I wasn't convinced in the first movies that I saw him in, yeah. but he physically he's filled really out. Like, he, and he's playing the straight man of the X Men really well at this point. Yeah, you know, he looked cool in this movie. Cyclops finally looked good in a movie. But also the acting matched the characterization better than it ever has before, I thought. Because it's like, not just is he the straight man, but he's like, just so genuine and earnest. They still didn't give him enough, in my opinion, as a character goes. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the actor brought brought everything he could to it, and I thought the his action was great. But it's still, they short-shrifted him a little still, uh, as far as like a fully fleshed out human being. Um, it almost got there, but you know. It, but again, also, it, the storyline isn't mainly about him. Yeah, but it's a, to me, it's like it's it's characteristic of the X Men. It's a blue ball situation. I, I got they gave you a taste of what you know and love about the X Men, mm-hmm. but they just don't. There's like one extra step they never take with it, you know, to to really cement home whatever the characters are supposed to be or represent you know it's just like hints of like goodness well what do you think about the characterization of Jean in this one then because she was really the main focus they gave her whole backstory they spent the most time with her Uh, how do you feel about that uh I thought you think they still fall short with her yes I do I I thought she looked fine I thought and looked fine I meant like her powers Uh Sophie Turner um it looked pretty it looked okay I, I don't know it was a little now that I say that out loud I, like all those weird veins popping in her head, I, I don't know if I was a fan of that. Yeah, I, I liked. I just liked at the end when she was just all the sparkly energy was around her. I thought that was nice, but I don't. I don't. You know, Sophie Turner might have been the weakest aspect of this movie for me. Hmm. Well, not counting Mystique, but that we'll get to that. I hmm. guess. Uh, I, I thought, and I don't think it's Sophie Turner's fault. I thought she emoted well. I thought she also was bringing a lot to the part as much as she could. I just think this the particular dialogue of Phoenix was lame it was yeah. too much like i have emotions and they help me yeah just staring on the nose. blindly at the camera and she's got the zombie eyes a lot because she's possessed or lost her brain you know whatever yeah, well, it is they have to cgi her eyeballs so yeah she started off stronger but the, when she became the phoenix it was just like it she unfortunately her dialogue was bad um same goes for jessica chastain mm-hmm. whose dialogue was pretty 
not there's nothing there. Her she's a non character, mm-hmm. as were all of her goons, who are like I said, not the Shi'ar. Um, they they're just the generic villains. Yeah. Which, you know... I felt like they didn't connect their motivation quite enough. It's no. like, when they first introduced them, they show, say, show, whatever, that, like, they're gonna wipe out the, like, life on Earth which and is, rebuild it. It's like the plot of of uh, Man of Steel. Right. Where the, crypt, the lost Kryptonians want to come to Earth and terraform it. Right. And which is really lame. So it's like you almost can kind of sympathize with them if, like, they're just trying to find a home and rebuild or whatever. But then, like, when she... I don't. I didn't sympathize with them. Yeah, no. I mean, they don't make it out like that. But then when she is, like, showing Jean what her power is capable of, 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 like, finding or creating other worlds and bringing life to them, that's, like, kind of a different idea than what she's talking about happening on Earth, you know? Right. She's talking to Gene as if like Gene is going to go out there into outer space and create a new planet for yeah. Why don't they? Why don't they just people that has been displaced? Right. So they established and, like the... create life on that planet so that they can repopulate it and have a home too. Right. So, why does it have to be Earth? Right. Why exactly. can't they just go to Mars and have Gene terraform it and yeah, make it? Right. Exactly. Why, why That's why she bother like, explains it to Gene. So then when you see that part of it, you're like, oh, that's actually not so bad. That's fine. But that was the lie. We knew that was the lie because they, the aliens said earlier that we were going to kill everyone on Earth and have Phoenix do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so then that second explanation makes you like, oh, like. What? That's different than what we discussed before. Yeah, why are you bo- bothering with mass genocide of this planet you have no feelings to one way or the other? Just go next... There's like right next eight other Earth. planets in the solar system. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're the weak... They're weaker than the Sophie Turner dialogue, which I thought was bad. But despite all that, I think, like, the, the strength of the movie... You mentioned it or I mentioned it. It's concise. It clips along very nicely. It It's very... It's just it, it's edited well, I mm-hmm. thought, yeah. and acted well for yeah. the most part. Um, all yeah, the actors are really good. I mean, that's the strength of all the X Men movies. They have A list actors who are very good, uh, even with, with minimal sort of stuff. Uh, you know, who particularly you thought was the strongest actor? I thought James McAvoy was great as Professor yeah. X. And so Fassbender is always great. Yeah, he was good. Um, yeah. Who else? I wasn't There's expecting to that... see him in this actually for some reason. I, like, forgot that he was going to be in this. Uh, I don't know why Magneto's sh- in this movie in when general. When he showed up, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Well, you know. Yeah. So it's not the Dark Phoenix story from the comics. It's kind of a bummer. But it, for its own adaptation's purposes, I thought they they succeeded. Yeah. Whatever story they're... But I don't know why they had to tell that story. That's what's so stupid about it. I mean, I guess they know X-Men fans like the Phoenix saga. You know, that's what sells. Yeah. But... I, but I, I don't even know. Or they just like tell the actual good story, right? Or just tell yeah. a different story. Like, why does it have to be the Phoenix Saga? But, anyway, yeah. going back to um, Genosha, right? Oh yeah. Though I was wondering, those mutants that show up like with Magneto, are they from comics? Do you know them? I'm possibly. I, I didn't. They There's didn't the have one names woman who's for like sure. A psychic who is not characterized whatsoever, or given right. any personality. The guy with magic dreadlocks. Yeah, that guy too. I don't know. I Where mean, there's from? a million mutants that have been created over the comics, so I mm. wouldn't be surprised if they pulled some obscure ones and just dropped them in for people who are even more hardcore fans. Uh-huh. But I, I didn't recognize them. Um, Dazzler, I recognize. Oh, she's, yeah, right. she's in the X Mansion. <laughs> Although that scene was very weird because they show her singing and using her sound powers like a little. Like, I liked the scene. It was like a, a cute little camp like out. An outdoor party. Yeah, for all the mutants at the school. 
But when they showed Dazzler singing, it was like she was lip syncing to the soundtrack. Yeah. It didn't look right. But I did appreciate seeing Dazzler on the screen. But again, that's just like... I thought that was like part of her powers or something that... It was like a little disjointed. (laughs) That's her superpower. That was like a little disjointed because it's like magical somehow. Yeah, I mean, there is something weird going on with Dazzler uh, in the movie, and then she's not really a character in the film. Yeah. Uh, Evan Peters returns as Quicksilver. He's kind of they kind of. It's almost like a cameo. He barely does anything. Yeah, he gets injured early on, and and there's this really awkward scene in the movie uh, talking about nitpicks where Storm and Nightcrawler are like lifting his. Hospital gurney bed off the X jet, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Storm is like really struggling to hold it up. <laughs> this little woman who plays Storm, I just thought that was very funny and awkward that they'd have her do that. Yeah, um, was not pleased. Uh, some more minor nitpicks. Was not pleased with Professor X not having the gold floating chair. This is the '90s version of the X Men, after all. Great, right. please get has, this like, in a, a movie. Regular wheelchair. Well, it glo- it's got a glowing. Blue X in the back. Uh, a lot of a lot of glowing blue X imagery in this movie. Uh, uh, you want to talk about Mystique? I will in a sec. But last nitpick again: no gold visor for Cyclops. This crappy silver one that just bothers me on some uh, level. Although his visor did look better in general because it's big and wide, and I thought like aesthetically it looked better than the small one. If we're gonna get into really tiny nitpicks, yeah, those are just a few that. Here's a real tiny one. All right. The eye makeup is so distracting, like on all the female characters. It's like so heavy-handed <laughs> and sparkly. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> All right, anyway. Uh, Mystique. Uh, it looks like they CGI'd the makeup on her face in all those scenes instead of uh-huh. torturing Jennifer Lawrence with the, the blue makeup. Right. Um, Jennifer Lawrence dies, as many of you have like, figured out properly without even seeing the movie. Uh, so she's finally free. Finally. <laughs> she's free. We're free. The char- I mean, a, a fitting role for Mystique in this movie because she's a minor character that's you know, shunted off to the side rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Mystique is never meant to be the star of the X-Men films. Right. Or X-Men Universe. Um, so Mystique dies. I kind of like... La- oh! Uh, another thing that made me laugh out loud is uh, this movie's dedicated to Professor X's terrible therapy, which is the biggest recurring theme we had when we were doing the X-Men Task episodes. Right. We were recurring. It's all about... And uh, the the characters in the movie are furious with Professor X for his terrible Yeah, therapy. they're like, you really fucked up, man. And like... Can you even apologize? And he can't. He can't apologize. At first. At first At the can. very sort of... But not... Does he apologize to Beast or does he apologize? Yeah. Who does he apologize yeah, to? Yeah, later. He, he does. does apologize to, to Beast. Hank, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, another nitpick is like, this movie is now like 35 years after the first class movie and the characters have literally have aged yeah. from 2011 when they first appeared to 2019. <laughs> They've aged eight years instead of 35. Right. So I, I brought up in a previous podcast, but come on, just give Magneto the white hair. He's supposed to be older anyway. Yeah. Why does he have, like, beautiful auburn hair still? Mm. Just give at least give him the white hair. We could then pretend a little more that he might be older. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever. That's, again, an epic. Oh, another, like, stupid thing was uh, one of the endings... Uh, Wait, oh. no, didn't they say at the beginning of the movie that this takes place in the 70s or something? No, it starts in the 70s with Jean's a girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then yeah, it right, jumps to course. 1992. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, it ends like Batman, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, right. where Professor X has given up being Professor X, and he's in some European cafe where he meets Magneto to play chess. It's just in very... In France, yeah. The <laughs> very reminiscent of that Batman movie. The uh, the cafe's uh, name on the awning or whatever, the sign outside is is um, 
Something about like Le Café des Vieux Compagnes, the Café of Old Friends. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> if anyone caught that, whatever. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's a good catch. I'm sure not many people caught that outside of France or people who speak French. Um, so uh, thanks for making us all aware. <laughs> um, uh, what else about the ending? I, I don't know. We're just talking about random shit. So the ending, they did another one of those pans through the school and they show Storms teaching a class. And I just thought it was really stupid how she's just, like, generating lightning between her hands. Like, this uh, is all yeah, I do, I everybody. I'm just so the lightning dumb. girl. I know. She's like, here's science. Yeah. <laughs> Beast is now the headmaster at the end, and uh, Scott hangs up a sign calling it the Jean Grey School of Gifted Youngsters. Mm-hmm. But, oh, oh, I guess I didn't even, it didn't even, like, register with me at the very end at, when Professor X and Magneto are playing chess that you see the phoenix bird across the sky indicating yeah. that, of course, Jean is not dead. Yeah, right. So, uh, you know, obviously she's not dead. She, Jean Grey never dies, really. Mm-hmm. Or if she dies, she comes back to life. Yeah. Actually, I had to, I was, like, laughing a little on the inside when Professor X is delivering the eulogy for Mystique. Yeah. Because he's like, you know, and she's not, she's not really dead. She lives on in me and you and, like, whatever. And I was just laughing a little because it was like, yeah, like, none of these guys are ever really dead, like... They can bring her back whenever they want yeah, to the, for the, any movie. They'll invent something. And I, I thought Mystique had a healing factor. I guess that, you know, it's, it's not that good. Yeah. Also, uh, another scene that I thought was really stupid that it's it's really on the nose for Magneto's character based on these movies, but it doesn't mean it's dumb, uh, not dumb. Where Jean goes to Genosha to meet Magneto, and she's like, how do you stop killing people? And he explains that, like, well, I killed people, many people, but I realized it never... It didn't bring me any peace from the pain I felt inside. So that's... I realized that murdering is wrong. Mm-hmm. And then Hank shows up, and he tells her that Jean Grey killed Mystique, and he's like, I must get revenge immediately and right. murder this woman no matter what. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, so dumb. Totally went out the window. Yeah, I mean, you just, like, did you learn the lesson or did you not? I mean... Not. Yeah, obviously. But he does again. Like, he realizes that he should be a good guy yeah. in the very last fight. Yeah. Uh, flops. Um, so those are, like, a lot of the shitty... I mean, I, I was annoyed that the president wasn't a Bill Clinton caricature, because they established in the other movie that Richard Nixon was the president at one time, and they got some mm-hmm. guy that looked like Nixon. Kind of, Just yeah. get Clinton in there. Like, a guy... He doesn't have to... You know, the, whoever the president was, he was hardly the focus of the center of the screen. Right. It would have been funny if it was a, a white-haired man with a southern accent, just for the, the hell of it, you know, just off to the side, but it's just some generic guy. Mm. Um you said you liked the uh, fight on the train sequence, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Just because their powers looked really cool. The the mm-hmm. villains were really dumb. Yes, they were really dumb. That was a problem, that the villains were very generic, just people in clothing that were shapeshifters. And it's another one of those things, they get shot a billion times and they heal right away. Or they don't. Like, some guys got killed by the machine guns. They did? Yeah, there was, clearly some people, the machine guns worked on some of the characters. But the regular... Like rifles and stuff didn't. Right, the regular and, like, machine guns, the big heavy sees, machine gun. Everybody did. sees that like the regular old guns don't work, but they like keep using them anyway. And Magneto even tries to point all of the rifles at Jessica Chastain at the end to try to kill her. But he's seen that they don't work, so why are you still using rifles? Know what I mean? I know. I mean, it's just silly. I mean, I didn't like that scene either, where he's all the guns are floating and he's shooting them. That's yeah. we've seen that enough in these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But there's some, like, shocking moments in this movie. I, I was shocked that Cyclops used the F-bomb at some point, mm-hmm. where he said to Magneto, if you hurt, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah. And I believed it in that moment from him. I really felt the emotion <laughs> off that actor. And, and Cyclops kicked so much ass in this movie that uh, I was I was into it. Uh-huh. Um, when Gene almost, like, crushes Magneto's brain with his helmet, yeah. that was pretty gnarly-looking. Uh-huh. Um it was just like it, it was an enjoyable ride. I don't know what else to really say about like it was for what it was, it was well made. I was entertained in the moment. Mm-hmm. We'll see in a year. <laughs> I don't know. Um I, I again I mean I, the the Is biggest gonna have rewatch value. I don't know. That's what I'm worried about. I mean like maybe not. I mean, don't worry. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but uh, uh it, it, another weird thing about it, it's like it's it's the I'm putting this in quotations, the epic conclusion to the X-Men cinematic universe in the Uh way that the Avengers Endgame was the epic conclusion to the Marvel cinematic universe, or at least that part of it. Uh And that's kind of funny, too, on a weird level, that the X-Men, and I mean, Avengers Endgame goes out with, like, a a large bang, and this goes out with a poof, I'm guessing. I'm sure this is not going to break box office records or being the zeitgeist. It has really shitty reviews. Mm -hmm. I know I saw that the Rotten Tomatoes score is, like, 15% uh, from critics. Right. Um, but I don't know. The audience we were with seemed to enjoy it. Yeah, they were they were pretty shocked at times. I mean, we seemed to enjoy it for the most part. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow we enjoyed this movie despite all odds. Yeah. I thought I'd really dislike this movie, and I I I was I'm kind of like weirdly fascinated with it. I, I do want to see it again. Not... I think going in with low expectations always means you enjoy it more than you think. So that's a thing. Yeah. But the, also at the core of it, we're just X Men fans. So like, yeah. keep giving us X Men content, and we'll be like relatively content. You know? I, I don't know. I don't. I'm not gonna, personally. I'm not going to go that far with that statement. Yeah. Um, I, I want them to do the X Men. I know. Correctly. I know. You. We want it to be good, but I'm just saying. Like in the meantime, I like, mean, this is what what's going. So. I guess. I wonder. I mean, I really do wonder if we didn't have this podcast, if we would have been there opening weekend. To see it, yeah, I think. We would I have. wonder if I would have just downloaded a bootleg of it and just you know passively enjoyed it. Do you think we would have seen it? Yeah, yeah, pro- probably. I think we would. Um, but I, I think, I think you should. If you're next, I mean, obviously you're an X Men fan. You should see the movie so at some point. I mean, I, you don't have to see it in theaters. So you don't have to spend all that money if you don't want. Mm-hmm. But I think it's. I think you're gonna want to see it at some point. Uh, just, just because there's stuff in there to enjoy as an X-Men fan. They don't they don't piss over the fans. I and you know they do in the sense that broadly this is not the the Phoenix saga as it should be on the big screen. Yeah. And in a way it, it's greatest sin is that they've sort of ruined the story going forward because I can't see the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the X-Men involved like Kevin Feige saying like we gotta do. The, we gotta set up the Phoenix Saga pretty soon because it's like the best story. <laughs> yeah, they're not gonna touch it for forever. Right. I mean, they'll either never do it again, or it'll be like a whole like will be it'll be like two generations removed where they people forgot about the previous movies, X Men Three and this one. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, we could do the Dark. Let's do the Phoenix Saga right this time. Yeah. Um. So I I think like that is like the worst pr- aspect of the movie, and that we're just not gonna see that. Phoenix costume, you know, we're not going to see Dakin and the Shi'ar. It's, I know we might really see the Shi'ar somewhere, because, but because like with these special effects, if they had actually done the story, like the real story, that would have been really awesome. It could have been. I mean, it should have been. I've always said it. it the, the Phoenix Saga should have been three movies. 
the first movie, Giant Size X-Men, that's what you call the movie, yeah. where you introduce Colossus, Storm, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, etc. Mm-hmm. You start from that point. The middle movie is Phoenix Saga 1, which is about the Emkron Crystal and Jean Grey saving the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And then part three is the death of Jean Grey, it's Dark Phoenix, where they have to kill her and she flies into the sun, or like whatever it is. Or she flies into the sun at the end of the Phoenix Saga. Yeah. But at the end of the third one, she dies. And then uh, number four is X Factor, where Jean Grey comes back to life with the other X Men. There's a clo- so yeah, this is a at the end of this movie you don't get a scene where it's revealed that the Phoenix Force made a clone of Jean Grey and and put the real Jean Grey underneath the Hudson River and she comes back to life for X Factor like, years later very stupidly in the comic books. Right. So even though comic accuracy is fun, it's it's also not like the smartest all the time either because mm. they have a tendency of their own to to give really stupid resurrections. Right. Um, so, like, so uh, back to the main point. Unforgi- unforgivable sin that they kind of ruined the Phoenix Saga for a long time. We're probably not getting it in the movies. Just go back and watch the episodes in X Men Task. I, that's the closest you're going to get <laughs> if it. you want the comics to come to life at this point. You're not going to get. Or just read the comics. Right, or read the comics. But I mean, if you want to see it animated on some level, you're going to have to watch the X Men cartoon. It's is and that's really as close as you're getting. And that in itself was obviously abbreviated from what you get in the comics, but mm-hmm. still it was close. Um, and th- that's my biggest bummer, but, like, I don't know, like, I-, I guess, like, back to the, like, 2019, like, the here and now, it was cool to have a, a movie in 2019 of the X-Men again. I- it's like, you're, I do agree with you, like, it's nice to see the X-Men. Yeah. It's nice to get some X-Men content into pals. the world. Yeah. I think people still really love the X-Men, and I think there's a lot of potential with this world and these characters. I guess they're going to not use these actors anymore. That remains to be seen. It, it seems more likely than not. Unless this movie goes out there and makes like a billion dollars and Disney has to reevaluate. Doesn't look like it so far. I don't, who knows? I mean, but... I, I mean, maybe it gets good word of mouth because I could see a lot of X-Men fans like ourselves go out there and tell all their friends, oh yeah, you should see it. It's good. Mm. It's not like a piece of shit. Um, so... I don't know. I I I, th- I think the future of the X Men is wide open right now, and it's very strange. It looks like the new Mutants movie is going to come out, which is the last Fox thing mm-hmm. um, that was made under the the 20th Century Fox studio before the buyout. Uh, and they've heavily re- retooled that one, and that one I think has been done for years too. Like this one was supposed to come out last, like 2018 in the fall, and it got kept getting pushed back. Yeah. It was, then it was supposed to come out on Valentine's Day, and then now it's the summer it came out. So this movie was in the can a long time. I know they had to do extensive reshoots. Mm-hmm. But New Mutants, like, even more so. And then, um, and I guess, like, the the real continuation of the Fox universe will be through the Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. Right. But who knows what that's going to look like or be. Uh, so the future of the X-Men is very wide open. Who the hell knows what... Uh, it's going to be or what it's going to represent. Maybe the Phoenix bird is like flying through the multiverse and <laughs> creates a portal to the, the mainstream NCU and that's how I mean, the characters... I mean, that'd be cool. I, I wouldn't be totally against if it. they I do it know. well, I don't know. I mean, it's like it's... Merge I, it all together. They'd, ha- they, they'd be forced to do it if this mo- only if this movie makes an obscene amount of money, which I don't think it's going to. Mm. Uh, oh, another weird thing is that the... The guards on the train at the end, they had they were the mutant containment unit, mm-hmm. and they had badges that said MCU on there. Oh, yeah. so, I mean, that couldn't have been a coincidence, right? That had to have been, like, like a, a cheeky joke of some kind. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, overall, uh, to, to sort of wrap up here, because I don't know how much we could say about it unless you have any more scenes, um, it's a shame they didn't give enough characterization to Storm, Nightcrawler, and some others. 
happy to see Mystique die. <laughs> the movie was concise and I wouldn't call it moving, but it was it moved along well. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it, it's it was it had oh, a we very didn't good. We talked about that one line. I feel like it got a big reaction oh, yeah, in our yeah. theater, right? Where Mystique is like. Uh, it's always the women saving the men around here. You should change the name to the ex women. I like and and the the audience groaned. Yeah. Uh, and um, and it's like I it, it's almost like Jennifer Lawrence's last fuck you to the entire X Men franchise <laughs> for, on a lot of like meta levels. But then they kill her off like two minutes later. Yeah. So it's almost like if you hated that scene and what she said, then she dies right away. Yeah. So she pays for it. Right. Uh, you know, let's talk about that line of dialogue because there's a lot of controversy around it. Do you disagree with what she says, it like on a political level? On a political, level? I don't know. I mean, like I think that's why people. It's are It's another about one it. of those things. It's the same thing as in Endgame, putting all the female characters together on the screen at once to be like, here's all the women. Like, if you're going for equality, let it be equal and don't be so heavy-handed about it. Right. Just- I, I think like I think if you have a true a true uh, and this is me as a man speaking, <laughs> a true uh, level head about the nature of equality, you would see that the name X-Men is not about gender. It's about something else. I don't know. It's about, like, some broader title. Uh-huh. I mean, really, it's about a goofy name that they gave to a comic book in 1963. That's yeah. really what it's about. The X-Men, it just sounds, like, stupid and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but So you, you shouldn't read any meaning into it, like, past that. But really, though, it's about like Professor X's hope for mankind and yeah. the world and brotherhood and sisterhood and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's not like about gender. Also, I don't think what she says is accurate. It's not, The women are not always saving the men, nor are the yeah, men always I'm trying saving to think the of, women. Yeah, it's kind of like probably even or something. I, 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 I can't even like, doesn't even specifically... I know. I'm, that's I get, what I'm saying. Is like, what is she specifically referring to? Right. I'm not sure. I'd have to really think about each movie. I mean, like, I mean, Jean, Jean sa- just saved everybody, but that's like one instance. Well, no, she saves all the X Men in X Men Two at the end. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Who saves the day uh, at the end of X Men One? I think it's like a combination of all of them. They work together as a team. Cyclops, right. exactly. Storm. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, X Men Three. Wolverine kind of saves the day. Mm. I'm sure Wolverine saves the day most of all the characters in the various movies. Right, just because it's the movies and right. he's the favorite. I guess Mystique is referring to, like, the end of X-Men Days of Future Past when Mystique is the one that could have killed the president, but she doesn't. I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, I feel they were like... just in space and Jean Grey saved them, so I yeah, guess okay. that's what she's referring to. Right, But yeah. Those whole uh, opening sequences, they reminded me a lot of the Deadpool universe that we saw in Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. Remember, he joins the X-Men as an honorary member? yeah. And then um, the X-Men get a brief cameo in that. This seemed, like, similar to that world where the X-Men are kind of, like, weirdly loved and known by the media. Uh-huh. That whole element to it. Yeah, but the tone is so different. The tone's different from Deadpool 2, obviously, but it's a similar type of weird world where, like... It's, like, half-realistic. Yeah, the X-Men are, like, minor celebrities or something, and the president likes them, and, like, people seem to know that they're the good guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's, like, kind of... That's a weird take on the X-Men. Yeah. I find. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, another thing I didn't like, I, you know, I like the explanation where Mystique says we're wearing matching uniforms for PR sake, which is a, a concept that's come up in the comic books. Oh, what do you think about the outfits? Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to bring up. Uh, I, I Not my favorite. 
Oh, really? I like these ones. You do? Yeah. I mean, I, I like their individual costumes. They finally look like they're wearing comfortable cloth yeah. and not like weird rubber immobile suits. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess. I, I, I By the end, when they're just wearing their normal clothes, I was like, okay, this is fine. But I, if you're going to wear costumes, give them... I, don't, I mean, they set up the costumes in the last movie that they had kind of like their own little unique thing with I like different these colors. Ones yeah, I didn't like those specific designs in the last one, even though they were like closer to the comics. You know, just the way they interpreted them from the comics. I would have liked them closer to the comics for once. Mm. Please give that to me. Uh, I guess Deadpool's the closest. You know, he has the closest costume of any X-Man. Magneto once at the end of uh, of First Class. But, yeah, to me, the costumes is, like, a not that exciting. Um, and uh, that's sort of uh, all the last I have to say about it. Do you have any final thoughts about the movie? Uh before we wrap it up here, any, like, little details you noticed? I think I've probably nitpicked enough for one day. Yeah. <laughs> Ask me again next week when we record. Maybe I'll have more by then. Yeah, maybe we'll have more going forward. Um, again, I, I like the soundtrack. There is a brief moment where they're going to Genosha, and the soundtrack just so subtly reminded me of the X-Men animated series score. Mm. The techno-like pulsating score at one point. But with strings, it's hard to explain. But a lot of it really reminded me of like a Radiohead album. Oh yeah, <laughs> like the swell of yeah, the music, that's a lot. Like know? Johnny Greenwood <laughs> did the music for this. Something I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So I, th- I just thought, again. So my final thoughts, personally, a concise little interesting emotional movie with a lot of nice action beats. The the very best thing I can say about it is it has the best X Men as a team action I've seen in any of these films. Mm-hmm. Uh, any last words? Uh, no, that's all. Okay. Um, all right, so let's do our plugs. So you can follow me on Twitter at Willie Simpson. You can join the X-Men Task Podcast Facebook group, which I encourage you to join. And you can uh, join us in for the spoiler-rific discussion on this movie. If you loved it, if you hated it, already a few reactions have come in. People are a little divided at this point. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting to see. Uh, and uh, so join that. And uh, rate us five stars in Apple's iTunes if you, if you can. And, uh, you know, and that's, it. that's it. I hope you, uh, if you see the film, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and, if, and if not, tell us how dumb we are in the X-Men Task Podcast Facebook <laughs> That's right. Group. We're easily swayed. Go right, ahead. Yeah, we might do a whole other podcast on this one day when we see it on video. And it's like, oh, what were we thinking? Maybe we'll do like a more proper review of it. But uh, as it stands right now, I feel pretty good about it. And um, it, it, was, it was delightful. <laughs> that, that's my final word. What's your All final right. word? Um, I don't know. Nothing. Bonsoir. <laughs> <Make a pen. laughs> okay.